Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness from all across the globe. This is Animal Radio. And welcome back to another week of Animal Radio. This week, if you've ever had to give your animal a pill... Uh, I'm sure most of us have. At one time or another, or uh, amoxicillin, some kind of antibiotic that the veterinarian has prescribed. Today, from ABC's Good Morning America, our friend Dr. Marty Becker is back, and he'll give us some alternatives to pilling our animal, pilling our cat especially. Dogs <laughs> Dogs will eat anything. Really, yeah, they're easy. It's the cats, cats that are, are the tough. hard ones, yes. And straight ripped from the Denver headlines, what they thought was a satanic ritual of cat mutilation turns out... Thankfully, not to be. Uh, We'll find out about that in just a few minutes. Also, can you clicker train your cat? I don't know about that. Can you train a cat, period? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. (laughs) Marilyn Krieger, she's a cat behaviorist, a certified cat behaviorist. See, I'm certified, but she's certified as a a cat behaviorist. You're just certified mentally, yes. Uh, She's going to be with us. She's going to tell us how to clicker train our cat. Now, I've noticed it seems like a cat-centric show. <laughs> well, we've been accused of being dog-centric, so yeah, there, there you go. one 405 That's uh, the phone number is here. And, of course, uh, we always love to kick off the show with your phone calls. And, by the way, if you don't want to be on the show, you can email us or call us during the week. Uh, we answer that phone during the week. And uh, your voice at AnimalRadio.com. But here's the number. one 405 Hi, who's this? This is Marge Cedarquist. Hi, Marge. How you doing? Good. Where are you calling from? Jamestown, New York. Jamestown, listening on uh, this WJTN, is it? Correct. Brand new uh, to the Animal Radio Network. Well, thank you so much for listening. How can we help you today? Well, we have a German Shepherd that's about 10 months old, but she's huge. Ooh. And she just <laughs> jumps on everybody. Oh, oh no. Showing her affection, but uh, sometimes that can be annoying, huh? Well, she's so big. Uh-huh. Yeah. What do you do now when she jumps on you? Well, I try to lift my knee up so that she stops, <laughs> but she's just so quick. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, dodging the, dodging the bullet there. What would you do in that case there, Judy? Well, it, it's different from small dogs and big dogs. You have a big dog. What you want to do is when the, when the dog goes to jump, most people, your first reaction is to kind of step back. Uh-huh. And they interpret that as an invitation to jump up. What you need to do is step Forward. Forward. Step hmm. forward and lean into the dog so that you don't give them any room to jump. Body language there, yes. huh? Yes. Oh. And the dog can't get balanced and it'll, it'll force him to put his feet back on the ground. Oh. So you don't want to knee him, don't yell at him or anything, and praise him when he sits down. Oh, okay. And this is a behavior that's been going on for a little while now. Are they trained already, Judy, or is it you can break, You can break the habit. You can break the habit, but again, just lean into it because it will force him to go back down, give him a treat, tell him good boy. And if he's jumping on other people... Yes, which she you, is. <laughs> what, what's her name? Shotzi. Shotzi. Lady Shotzi. Lady Shotzi. Shotzi. <laughs> For, you can do this. You can kind of set it up and have someone help you to go through this a few times. What you want to do is you want to put her on a leash. Uh-huh. And when she goes to jump on to a person as they come in the door or something, you want to tug on the leash, but you don't want to pull straight back. That uh-huh. will knock her. That She could actually fall and get hurt. What right. What you want to do is pull it to the side. 
Oh. So you pull her to the side. That'll force her down. And again, once she gets down, give her a treat and just kind of reinforce both these actions over and over until she finally gets it that it's not the right thing to do. Now she has to be on a leash for that. She has to be a leash when it's other people. Oh, okay. okay. But when it's you that she's jumping on or one of your family members, tell them to lean into it. Okay. And that'll force her kind of back. She won't know what's going on. She'll be off balance. She'll go down on the ground. But tell them not to step back because dogs interpret that as an invitation. Here I come. You're making room for me. Okay. Oh, very good. You know what? I'm going to head into the prize closet and get Lady Shotzi some peppermint sticks and some uh, toys from the closet, if that's okay. We can send them to (laughs) you. Thank you. you. Okay. Thank you for listening to Animal Radio. Hold on one second. 1-866-405-8405. Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animals are people too. When a senior citizen couple from New York City decided to retire in Phoenix, they knew they couldn't enjoy the beautiful Sedona Mountains without their two cats, but neither Bob or Betty Mattis could drive, and they were afraid their cats, Cleopatra and Pretty Face, would freeze in a plane's cargo hold. They decided to hire a New York cabbie they'd met to drive their cats across the country. Cabbie Douglas Goulanese was happy to take the unusual clients to their new home, and for putting up with two days of meowing, Goulanese was paid a whopping $3,000. When news of the cross-country cab ride got out, people drove by his cab with the New York plates asking, Are you the one? The cats traveled in the back of the cab in carpet-lined cages fitted with litter boxes. Owner Bob Mattis saying the two cages were necessary because the two cats hate each other. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. Animal Radio. Dr. Marty Becker. Hey, Britt. Welcome back to Animal Radio. Nice to be back. You sound relaxed. Well, it's up here. I, I went fishing this morning. I oh. live up here in North Idaho in the mountains. There's a little alpine lake that's 15 minutes away. And, oh, gosh, there was a big old moose at the end of the lake, and it'd stick its head underwater and bring its head out in the water and run off its antlers. And wow. The osprey, the fish hawks were fishing. You don't know whether to cheer for the fish hawk or the trout, you know? <laughs> yeah, so oh, it sounds pretty. glorious. I imagine you're having some warm temperatures up there. Yeah, it's about oh, it's in the in the low 80s. So, but we don't have any humidity here, which which I know you guys get to have that benefit too. Oh, so. uh, we're, we're pretty we're pretty dry yeah. here, unfortunately, yeah. and we're we're hoping for rain here very soon as we're soaring in the hundreds. But you know, we're not in Phoenix, where it's what 113 today. <laughs> oh my gosh, I can't even ima- I can't even imagine that. Well, I, I know that in your practice, you probably saw your share of animals come in dehydrated and been out in the hot and it seems like people forget that they they need to get the water and and sometimes come in and cool down well this is one thing you know about a year ago in may of last year we released a book called fitness unleashed a dog and owner's guide to losing weight and gaining health together Uh Uh, dr robert kushner the head of the wellness center at northwestern university was my co-author he's a a famed uh, human obesity expert but one of the things, you know, a dog would follow you in that 113 degree heat and, and with his tail wagon. <laughs> and people need to, you know, have some precautions when they're exercising with their pet. And, mm-hmm. and, and the common sign that you tend to, you tend to, you know, kind of overlook is the dog is lagging behind. Mm-hmm. Uh, the dog is seeking shade. The dog wants to lay down and go frog legged. 
uh, is excessively panting, and then you know, if it gets worse, you know, they actually be, kind of stagger, become disoriented. But you, you don't want to. Here's a rule of thumb I have too. You know, often you know you go out on with shoes with a sole on it, and you feel the heat coming up through your your feet, and think this is uncomfortable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you can't put your hand down on the concrete or the asphalt and and stand it, it's too hot for their feet. Mm. Okay, so, so if you can't do it, it's too hot for them. You can't put the palm of your hand down. If it's too hot for the palm of your hand, it's too hot for them. And you know you can always you know exercise the the, the cooler parts of the day. Find a place that's shaded. Walk off the sidewalk on the grass. And of course, take water with you. But it, um, you know, it's really common to have them come in underhydrated with a, you know, a dehydration problem or, a, or a, you know, heat prostration on heat stroke, bordering mm-hmm. on heat stroke, mm-hmm. and it's unnecessary. Just save yourself a trip to the vet. Yeah, yeah. Don't want that to happen. So t- keep an eye out for your pet there. Now I'm calling you. We have a studio cat, and uh, his name is Nike. And we're trying, believe this or not. And you probably will. We're trying Prozac, a certain, uh, I guess it's what they would prescribe to humans, the same kind as that, Judy? I believe so. That uh, for, for some behavioral problems. And let me say that this is a time of the day that we dread when we have to give him this pill. We, we actually started with a, a liquid, and he started to foam up the liquid. And, he's in, and if, if he can't get that pill down his throat... It turns into a, a real foaming, frothing, gauntlet, spitty, shot of vodka, yes. band-aids, <laughs> uh, whole thing. I understand there's a new thing called transdermal gels, and I don't know if this is something we should be looking at. I, I want to know more about it, and I figured, why not call the expert? Oh, well, well you know, thanks for thinking about it. Well, one, I am a practicing veterinarian, and number two, I actually did a segment on uh, on this on Good Morning America not too many months ago, but I first want to tell you, I wrote an article one time, you know, I'm a nasty syndicated columnist, I wrote a column <laughs> called Cats Can Fly, and it was talking about this heinous uh, ruse that's hoisted upon cat owners by veterinarians where you say, well, you know, give your cat, you know, one pill twice a day for seven <laughs> days. And, and as they walk out of the, the exam room, we're on there, <laughs> we just wait till they get home. And, and there's going to be, you know, 300 pounds of, of human. Uh, we call it woman handling because the men are nowhere to be found. Yes, so I do most of it. That's right. It's, it's, the, it's the woman and then two kids are on top of a seven to ten pound cat trying to <laughs> stick this in its mouth and first thing that happens is the furry shrapnel comes out all over everybody and, and then you know this cat is all over the place you wrap it in a blanket you try to hide this stuff in it and pretty soon you think oh we finally got it done then the cat spits it out and runs off <laughs> and hides. yeah so here, here's the thing about cats you know this hard it's hard for a lot of dogs too but really hard for cats and cats don't like bitter drugs because they cause that profuse foaming or, yes. or even vomiting in cats and it's about 30 or 60 seconds after they take the medication they start this reflexing foaming gagging yes. retching looks like rabies are foaming at yeah. the mouth now i'm going to i'm going to give you several examples of stuff and this this i'm telling you from in the trenches works there's okay. some, there's some new flavored medications and they have an anti they have a bitterness neutralizer in it that blocks the reaction and so there you can go to apothepet is a is a company that your veterinarian would use and that's yes. spelled a p o t h e p e t .com and they have this Flavorex system, and the Flavorex system was the same one that was developed for children for you know for, to use in toddlers that didn't mm-hmm. want to take medication, but they'll put it in uh, in um, you know flavors like um, 
um, you know, a lot of people want to give them, you know, the fruit flavor stuff like bubble gum or cherry, but all they taste <laughs> is the amoxicillin because they can't taste sweet flavors. Right. So it'll go to stuff like uh, mother's milk or, or savory salmon or other things that cats really like. So salmon now, steak. Now, can you do this to an existing medicine or do you have to start from the beginning? And can they do it with pills or liquid? You can do it with anything. It's, it's a compounding pharmacist. So they would put it in, like for dogs, uh, the, the most popular flavors that in our hospitals, red Angus beef, salmon steak, chicken pot pie, bubble gum, and groovy wow. grape. And now for cats, remember, they don't, they don't, they can't, some get anything too sweet, but they like salty flavors. So we use bacon or salmon steak. Huh. And, but, and, he, and for for ferrets and gerbils, you can use bubble gum or groovy grape. And but they can't do this to my existing medication. No, you, can't you, do have, that. you have to have your veterinarian vaccinated prescription. Yeah, yeah, you have to have your veterinarian. Or, or well, some veterinarians like we actually have the system in the hospital, and and there's a local hospital that's much closer. They have the system, but if your if your veterinarian doesn't have the system in the hospital, then they would you would send it. They would send it and get a prescription from this company sent to you. And I was going to say because I have existing pills, but they can't add yeah. anything to my existing. Yeah. You're SOL. No. You might as well save that Prozac save for that, me. Yeah. Now, here's, here's the other good thing is there's there's something called vet chews, and these are soft, easy-to-chew, medicated treats that are custom compounded, uh-huh. and they have whatever medication you want in them. Oh. And, and this, wow. there's, a, there's a company out called uh, BCI Vet Pharmacy. They're out of Houston, Texas, but this is their kind of proprietary thing. What I like about them is they'll send you blanks, and so they'll send you like you know six or eight yeah, flavors like chicken, liver, beef, tuna, shrimp, seafood, oh. yogurt, peanut butter. And you see which one your animal likes. That's exactly right. So you see which one they like. Then they go back and they put the medication in there, oh. and they just fill you right out of your hand. So it's not like they don't. It's not like a pill pocket. They don't just stick the actual pill. They actually incorporate the medicine into. Yeah, you know, no, pill pockets is another option. And some dogs, you know, like I've got, I've got two dogs. I got one dog that eat sawdust. I mean, you just get happy, like, oh, you make daddy proud, oh, Shakira, and, and eat a rock. And, and the other one, it knows, it's, it's so savvy that it knows there's something that not, they shouldn't eat in there, and it sniffs once and it uh-huh. roars out of there. So, you know, sometimes you can just use the pill pockets to conceal the medicine. Uh, other times there's stuff called flavor dough that you kind of mold around like, uh, like, it's kind of like the old, uh, what's the dough you call? Play-Doh. Oh, yeah. But it's oh, in wow. flavors like fish or chicken or liver, and you mold it around there. That works. Boy, if only Play-Doh came in those flavors. <laughs> right. I just eat it all the time. But, yeah. but then if those don't work, so, so you've got you've got this new stuff, the Flavorex system, uh, you know, through Apothepet. You've got By the way, it used to be a sponsor of Animal Radio, and we highly recommend yeah. it. Yes. Then you got Vet Chews. That's another one that's really good. And also these transdermals. And that's the new thing where, you know, it's actually... Um, the, comp- the, the drug is actually compounded, and you put it on a, something that you put inside the ear flap. Mm. This is that transdermal stuff. Yeah, it's actually okay. absorbed through the skin, and, and it's commonly used for treating hyperthyroidism in cats, but it's also used for heart disease, high blood pressure, behavioral problems, just like that Prozac. Wow. Uh, that's, a, that's a way you can give it. and It's, you know, it, it's really uncomfortable. It's a, what I call it's a, you know... Uh, it's a bond breaker, you know, wrestling that cat down or chasing the dog around and prying its mouth open as it's, as it's submissively urinating is not a big thing for building the bond. So, Well, let me, let me ask you this. Is uh, putting gunk in uh, your, their ears, does that increase the bond? I mean, I would imagine, I'm thinking my cat would probably start itching and scratching and trying to figure out what was in his ears since their ears are so sensitive. Well, some of them tolerate it really well. It doesn't. It, it really varies by the cat. It would probably not be my first choice if, sure. I, if I'm a veterinarian. The first place I'm going to recommend is 
is kind of a... Uh, oh, by the way, Marty, you are a veterinarian. <laughs> I just thought I'd tell you that. Yeah, I guess I should say that. Uh, is, the, is the flavored, the flavored liquids. And then the the second flavored would liquids. Be, and then for dogs, of course, the, the vet chews for sure. But okay. uh, you can also, uh, a lot of cats just eat them like treats. I mean, I've really, really been happy with them. And they, 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 do you want a website for that one? Oh, by I the absolutely way? want a website. I tried they... to do a little research for you. You go to BCP Vet Farm. So it's BCP B E T P H A R M dot com. Um, and the course. other one is a Papa Pet. And then, um, uh, you know, your veterinarian will know compounding pharmacies that can take these things and put them in. Medication. Hey, one, one thing I wanted to mention too, you know, I said that little joke at the front end, which is, is sadly true about cats can fly. Yes. But seventy percent of medications aren't given completely. Really. And, and what'll happen is people will go, uh, you know, the, the medications get sent home by the veterinarian, and it ends up getting put in the cupboard or, or ends up on the person rather than in the pet. Mm-hmm. And the pet owner's just too embarrassed or hesitant to go back to the veterinarian and admit failure, so they just don't give it. Yeah. What we want people to know is really important to give the full, you know, even veterinarians have a hard time giving medication to pets, and, and there's no harm, and if, if nothing works and you're on a short-term medication, you're just taking it in and letting them give the medication. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I understand uh, antibiotics like uh, moxicillin, if you quit in the first few days, you might as well not have ever started. Right. I wanted to give out your website. Pet, PetConnection.com. PetConnection.com. Yeah. And, of course, links to everything you've heard, including the pharmaceuticals mentioned uh, within the last few minutes. Links at AnimalRadio.com. Dr. Marty Becker joining us. Thank you so much, doctor. Uh, until next time, friends. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more. I'm Susie Kurtz, and I'm listening to Animal Radio. And you should really check out the Farm Sanctuary website, farmsanctuary.org. First taker. One take. (laughs) Did you know that dogs can get worm infections just by eating grass and that those same parasites can also infect humans? Protect your dog and your family by deworming your dog twice a year with Safeguard Canine Dewormer. For more information, visit www.safe-guard.com. That's S-A-F-E-G-U-A-R-D.com. Did you see the paper? They mentioned cloning animals for food. Seriously? I thought cloning was still pretty experimental. It is. Most of the animals die or are born with some sort of health defect. So why is the FDA going to approve it? I don't know. It's upsetting that the FDA seems to be ignoring scientific evidence that animals in cloning suffer. And the FDA says that it won't even label cloned foods. That's outrageous. Yeah, and we could be eating meat or drinking milk from cloned animals and not even know it. Is there anything we can do to stop this? You can. Contact the American Anti-Vivisection Society at www.endanimalcloning.org to learn more about the problems with animal cloning and to help keep cloned food off grocery store shelves. Cloning animals for food is not just about food safety. Animal suffering and other ethical issues have been ignored for too long and must be considered. To learn more, visit www.endanimalcloning.org. Just because we can clone animals for food doesn't mean we should. Fido Friendly Magazine. Perhaps you can do without it, but for kibble's sake, thinking a dog. At last, a voice for us traveling canines. Until now, few have taken mobile pooches seriously. After all, who appreciates warm shelter and a comfy bed more than a dog? Fido Friendly, the travel magazine for you and your dog. A quarterly guide to Fido Friendly accommodations in the United States and Canada. Because if Fido ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. Subscribe at FidoFriendly.com. 
Your dog will thank you. Buddy, don't do that. Don't worry. Lots of dogs eat grass. Didn't you hear? Dogs can get worm infections from eggs and larvae in the grass. Those parasites can even infect humans. I know. That's why I give my dog Safeguard Canine Dewormer twice a year. It's a safe and easy way to eliminate and prevent the major intestinal worms that infect dogs and to protect my family against infection. Where can I find out more? Just visit www.safeguard.com. That's S-A-F-E hyphen G-U-A-R-D dot com. Every once in a while, there comes along a special group of animal lovers that stands strongly in defense of the voiceless. Animal People is that newspaper for people who really care about the animals. Animal People is published ten times yearly. The publisher is a nonprofit corporation dedicated to exposing the existence of cruelty to animals and to informing and educating you so that animal lovers worldwide can eliminate such cruelty. Your subscription is $24 a year. Get Animal People's fair and accurate investigative reporting from the industry watchdog. Visit our website at www.animalpeoplenews.org. That's www.animalpeoplenews.org to subscribe to the news for people who care about animals. Animal People. Subscribe today at www.animalpeoplenews.org. Every year, there are thousands of pets and animal shelters across the country just waiting for a loving home. I'm Bill Mark with a very simple message. If you're thinking of getting a pet, please adopt. To easily locate your closest place to adopt, call Pets 911 toll-free at 1-888-PETS-911. It's easy, it's free, and it gives a pet a second chance at life. This public service announcement has been made possible by Animal Radio, a proud partner of Pets911.com. Hey, hey, this is Davy Jones here on Animal Radio. Just want to say look after those animals because they look after you. Have a great time. See you soon. Bye. This is an Animal Radio News Update made possible by the Simple Solution Natural line of 100% biodegradable pet care products. A California assemblyman withdraws a bill that would have required pets to be spayed. I'm Hal Abrams. The California assemblyman who proposed requiring the Californians spay or neuter their pets has temporarily withdrawn his proposed bill from consideration after becoming the object of personal attacks, he said Wednesday. Assemblyman Lloyd Levine, a Democrat from Van Nuys, spearheaded the legislation. He says he remains committed to the issue. Now in California, about half of the one million dogs and cats taken each year to shelters are euthanized at the cost to taxpayers of about $300 million. Lloyd Levine says that both from a fiscal and humanitarian viewpoint, that's just wrong. Get more Animal Radio news at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio news update brought to you by the Simple Solution Natural line of 100% biodegradable pet care products. Get more at AnimalRadio.com. Earth-conscious consumers have an eco-friendly choice in pet care. The Simple Solution Natural line of 100% all-natural pet products. 100% biodegradable training pads. Biodegradable even by California standards. They'll biodegrade faster than an orange peel. Also, Simple Solution Natural Pet Stain and Odor Remover. A great alternative to harsh chemicals found in traditional household cleaners. Simple Solution Natural. Based on a way of life. Find Simple Solution at Petco, PetSmart, or your local pet retailer. Hi, this is Richard Karn from Home Improvement, and you're listening to Animal Radio. Now remember to spray and neuter your dogs. <laughs> it's a good idea to spray and neuter your animals. 
This is Animal Radio Network. Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness from all across the globe. This is Animal Radio. Just a couple of minutes, we'll be talking to Merritt Clifton. He is the official news source, and he'll tell us about these, what were, I guess they thought that they were cat mutilations, but it turns out, thankfully, they were not cat mutilations. All the details uh, on the way. Also, next week, Clive Pierce from HGTV joins us. He's a good friend of Animal Radio. Oh, he is. He's my buddy. He's like uh, Buddy Hackett was to uh, Johnny Carson. If you're ever in a pinch, he's there. Come yes, on he and is. be very entertaining. That, of course, is our travel special next week. He joins us for that. Oh, have you had a chance to guess how many bo- bones, dog bones, are in the uh, Get Serious mailbox yet? I have guesses I... that range the whole gamut. It's a tough one. And if you want to see that fun. mailbox, yeah, it's on the front of AnimalRadio.com, and there's a big prize package that's going to be given out. So far, I believe it's a $700 prize package, which includes all kinds of good stuff, plus Get Serious. All the details at AnimalRadio.com. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, my pleasure, Rayanne Cumulus. Welcome to Voice of the Animal. Traveling to Greece and don't speak Greek? Make your way to Olympia, the Acropolis, or Delphi, and you will find a community that speaks a universal language, the cats of Greece. From Athens to Zakynthos, cats live among the ancient sites and fabled seaside villages of Greece. These stray cats are famous, or infamous, depending upon one's attitude toward animals. One travel guide describes them as sinister, pitiable, and ugly, but that rather unpleasant writer failed to do his homework. For although there are many stray cats throughout Greece, there is also an organization helping them, Friends of the Cat. Staffed entirely by volunteers, Friends of the Cat has spent the last 10 years feeding, spay-neutering, vaccinating, running education programs, and on really great days, finding homes for the cats who live at the various ancient sites around Greece. On a recent tour of the Athens National Gardens with Friends of the Cat volunteers Mary Cochran and Eleni Kefalopalo, Cats appear from all directions when they hear their caretaker's call. These cats are healthy, with shiny coats and clear, bright eyes. Carlo, a gorgeous jet black cat with only half a tail and deep green eyes, welcomes me in that most universal of languages, a purr. Mary and Eleni can recount each cat's story. Many are rescued after being dumped as kittens. Others from culverts where they have hidden to escape the packs of stray dogs. Others abandon when their people become bored with the ground cat and want a kitten instead. The stories are depressingly familiar. Ignorance and a lack of compassion can, sadly, also be a universal language. And tragically, the cats were the victims of that ignorance. You may recall hearing the story from New Year's Day of 2003, when the bodies of dozens of cats and dogs were discovered in the National Gardens, the victims of intentional poisoning. Speculation from the Greek media centered on the fact that Greece had assumed the presidency of the European Union, and a ceremony to commemorate the event was scheduled to be held that week at the National Gardens. These were the cats Mary and Eleni had been caring for, many for years. When news of the poisonings was broadcast, there was outrage among the citizens of Athens. Animal welfare groups swiftly organized an anti-poisoning demonstration, and an unprecedented 4,000 people convened at the Syntagua Square, home to the Parliament of Greece. Sadly, the perpetrators of these crimes have not yet been brought to justice. And on this particular day last June, we walked a few blocks to Syntagua Square, where to help maintain attention on the animals, another anti-poisoning protest is being staged prior to the Olympic Games. As we arrive at the square, 
where the thousands of pigeons who live were also poisoned, a Greek chorus is heard, not of Aristophanes or Sophocles, but of thousands of Greek citizens united on behalf of the animals. The chants, I am told, rhyme in Greek. 28 centuries after Homer, the compassion of the Greek people maintains its artistic eloquence. Fortunately, Carlo and the cats and dogs of the National Gardens were safe during the Olympic Games. The efforts of Friends of the Cat are making a difference. Mary explains that when she first started feeding the cats, mothers would warn their children to stay away from those filthy animals. Now, she hears, leave the kitties alone so they may eat in peace. A small difference, but one that speaks to a change in the psyche of the Greek people. Long after the Olympic flame has been extinguished, one hopes that the language and spirit of the games, an ideal of peace, unity, and a transcendent vision of our better selves, will continue to extend to the cats of Greece as well as to animals around the world. Visit voiceoftheanimal.org to see photos of the gorgeous Carlo and his friends. All are available for adoption and to find a link to Friends of the Cat website. For Voice of the Animal, this is Rayanne Cumulos. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at animalradio.com. Log on. Learn more. Animal Radio is brought to you by the American Anti-Vivisection Society. Stop the FDA from allowing milk and meat from cloned animals to be sold in grocery stores. Contact the American Anti-Vivisection Society for information at www.endanimalcloning.org. Did you know that dogs can get worm infections just from eating grass and that those same parasites can also infect humans? Ew, gross. Thank goodness there's a safe and easy way to eliminate and prevent the major worms that infect dogs. Safeguard K90 Wormer. Just sprinkle it on your dog's food twice a year. And that's it? Yep. For more information, visit www.safe-guard.com. That's S-A-F-E-G-U-A-R-D.com. It's the best way I know to protect my dog and my family against intestinal worm infections. Judy, one of the studio cats just vomited under my desk. Can you clean it up, please? <laughs> you can do it. Me? I'm busy booking all the celebs for the show. I, I don't do stains. Well, now you can. Go ahead, grab that bottle and get serious over there. Uh-huh. It's going to remove both the stain and any pheromones left behind. Just go ahead and squirt it on, work it in, and all you have to do is blot it with a thick towel and hold it for about five seconds. Come on, I know you can do it. Okay, I'll give it a try. I'm squirting. I'm working it in and blotting. And, whoa, the stain is gone. You mean you were able to remove the stain all by yourself? Oh. Women, get serious. It's so easy to use. Even men can do it. Hey! Yeah, so don't take any more excuses from those guys. It's time to get serious. You can find Get Serious at PetSmart and in pet stores all over. Visit their website at GetSeriousProducts.com. Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness from all across the globe, this is Animal Radio. Well, good morning, Merritt. How are you doing? Well, up to my ears, as usual. (laughs) Up to your ears. Well, I see a story that comes out of the Salt Lake City and Denver area. There's uh, been, a, uh, I guess over the last 12 months, a panic over alleged cat mutilations. Uh, apparently, everyone thought it was uh, perhaps humans' satanic rituals. Is that correct? Well, that was a story that I forwarded to you from 2003, but the same thing happens every year at this time of year. And 
it's different communities, mostly in the western half of the U.S., but sometimes in other places, and it always follows pretty much the same trajectory, and sometimes it'll be going on in three or four different communities at the same time. People will find the remains of their dogs and cats and look at or have a dog or cat come home badly injured, and they'll look at the remains or they'll take it to a veterinarian and proceed to generate a panic over an alleged sadist who's a large mutilating pets. And what they're actually encountering time and again is the ordinary activity of wild predators that they're not familiar with, and most veterinarians are not familiar with diagnosing the injuries that result from predation as opposed to dominance fighting. The result is a huge amount of humane investigators' work being misdirected mm. and many awards, rewards being posted for sadists that don't exist and uh, public panics developing that just look at the wrong thing. When you look at what, where the actual sources of animal abuse are, neglect is overwhelmingly the largest. Just in animal hoarding cases alone, the U.S. humane community each year is handling more animals at more cost than the sum of everything that was done in connection with Hurricane Katrina. Wow. That's, how, that's how big just the animal hoarding part of neglect is. And you add to that all the routine neglect cases, and you probably have that much more. It's like handling two Katrinas a year. Now, the, if you compare that to the acts of commission, the actual acts of sadism, abuse, and violence toward animals, it's about a hundred neglect cases to one actual cruelty case, and yet there's an inversion of public attention, an inversion of donations in response, and so forth. So that the the major situation tends to be overlooked, and the minor situation gets people uh, literally barking up the wrong tree at times. Mm-hmm. The Salt Lake City case I forwarded to you is a particularly a good case because. It was very thoroughly documented right from the beginning. There was a lot of forensic investigation done. And right from the beginning, I looked at the uh, evidence that was presented to me. And it was fairly simple to see that right in the middle of the area where these mutilations were taking place was a cemetery, which, like most cemeteries, offers lots of open, relatively little-trafficked, uh, green habitat, and that's a favorite location for foxes and coyotes to make their dens. They also will... satanic uh, ritualists, too. <laughs> Damn seldom. <laughs> but, but in people's minds, it's the thing that goes sure. bump in the night and whatever. And right from the beginning, I told the people, go to the graveyard and look for a coyote or fox den, and that's your alleged perpetrator. And finally, about 18 months later, somebody actually did it, and they found the fox den. But there have been many, many other such cases. Another one that I remember very well was in defense of animals in the mid-1990s for several years in a row, posted rewards trying to apprehend a mysterious sadist who kept uh, apparently killing animals by drilling two little parallel holes in their heads. I recognized that as the uh, incisors (laughs) of a predator could have been either, from the description, could have been either a coyote or a bobcat, but I suspect more likely a bobcat because a coyote has a different attack pattern. And sure enough, eventually somebody uh, 
took my suggestion and borrowed some skulls from a local wildlife museum, and sure enough, the teeth of a bobcat matched up perfectly. Every year it, uh, uh, around Halloween, the, the media plays it up. and you, you, yeah, From you, midsummer to Halloween, and that's the time of year that wild predators are teaching their babies mm-hmm. how to hunt. Mm-hmm. You said it increased donations to whom? Often the publicity is used by humane organizations mm-hmm. to uh, generate contributions, okay. but then the problem is that the contributions will often come in earmarked to a reward fund for catching the fox or the coyote or the hawk or the owl or the eagle or the bobcat or whoever it is that's doing it. Thereby, the the money is not actually accessible to deal with the neglect cases that are, meanwhile, running everybody ragged. The neglect cases are being neglected. The neglect cases are being neglected. And you've done things with Tammy Grimes, the, the dog on the chain. Well, that's a classic neglect kind of situation. And Yet people are oblivious to that. A neighborhood can have a hundred dogs on two foot chains in the hot, hot sun, no shade, no water. And the Humane Society will get maybe one or two calls from concerned neighbors, but it won't be anything like what happens if they suspect that there is a sadist out dismembering bunny rabbits when in fact what they've got is a family of young eagles that are learning how to hunt. Well, could this be good then for the, uh, I mean, could the hype be good for the animal movement? No, because it wastes, I mean, in a sense it draws attention to humane work, but it wastes so many resources looking for the wrong thing. Yes. Merritt Clifton, uh, the top dog at Animal People, that's the newspaper you want to check out. The website, if people just want to learn more about Animal People, there's a website they can go to. www.animalpeoplenews.com Animalpeoplenews.org. Fairly simple. And you also offer a trial uh, sample. And we list all that information at animalradio.com with today's show. In fact, everything you've heard on today's show at animalradio.com. Merritt Clifton, thank you so much for joining us. Hi, this is Bob Barker, listening to Animal Radio. Help control the pet population. Have your pets spayed or neutered. Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness from all across the globe. This is Animal Radio. And no stranger to us, Animal Radio. That, of course, is Marilyn Krieger. She is a certified cat behavior consultant. Hi, Marilyn. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. It's good to be on the, on the air again. A certified cat behavior consultant. I'm getting email after email. How do you become a certified cat behavior consultant? Who certifies you? What is it? Well, I'm certified for the International Association of Animal Behavior Consultants. Uh, You have to have high ethics. You have to know the science of behavior. You have to demonstrate you can work well with clients. And those are just a few of the things that we we make sure that our members can do. If someone's interested in a career as a certified behavior consultant, where can they learn more about this? They can go to... Actually, what they can do is go to the IAABC.org website. I think that's the URL. It's the International Association of Animal Behavior Consultants. I also have a link to it from my website, thecatcoach.com. Very good. We were talking earlier, and I, and I wanted to get you on the air about this. It, it just blows me away that you can clicker train a cat, because I know you can clicker train a dog. I, that's actually the only... I've seen a, a clicker-trained pig before. But a rabbit, act, too. A rabbit? Yeah, I saw someone clicker-trained a rabbit. Can you really clicker-train a cat? Absolutely. I didn't even know you could train them at all. <laughs> uh, now, how would you do something like that, and what instances would you want to clicker-train a cat? Well, there are many reasons to clicker-train cats. I use it not only to treat 
teach tricks, but it's very good for modifying behaviors. And it's based on operant conditioning, and you never punish the cat, by the way, never, never. What you do is reward it for the good behaviors, and you can actually shape the behaviors that you want the cat to do. And you can use a clicker, which actually marks the good behavior. Okay, now uh, you have to train them first that the clicker's a marker, right? That's correct. Okay, now how would you do that? Well, what you do is you you have a clicker. It makes a little noise, and you click and you treat. Here's the sound of the clicker. That's all it is. So you click and treat and click and treat. Or find out maybe a cat isn't motivated by food. Actually, some cats are motivated by affection. And whatever it is, you want to click and then treat so that the cat then associates the sound of the clicker with the treat. Now, this initial training period, is that uh, hours, days, weeks? How long do we train them that the clicker is good? Uh, It only takes maybe 12 repetitions, so maybe, what, 20 seconds? A minute, two minutes, three minutes. So, for example, I take my cats out in my yard, but I have boundaries where they're not allowed to go. When they reach that boundary, which is a no-no, do I use the clicker? Use it before the click, before that. What you want to do is actually engage the cat in different uh, things and activities, and you can train them to sit, all sorts of things, but away from the boundary. Mm-hmm. So you, the majority of the activity will then go around you. So you reward the cat when the cat is around you. So you're only using the clicker for good things, when the, when the cat does good things. That's correct. Okay, so as, as Judy says, when it approaches the boundaries, is too late. You want to train them that staying within the boundaries when they're in the boundaries to give them the old clicker there. Yeah. Right? Okay. In a way, there are there are many ways of doing that. Uh, but that, and you also another thing as far as that's concerned, make sure the cat is trained to come to you when you call them. Mm. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. How do you okay. Do what that is this? One? April first. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that's the first thing, and you can do that with a clicker too. Really? Okay. Mm-hmm. And click and make them come to you, huh? Sure. Or you know, another thing you can do is use your voice as a bridge as far as his name, and have the cat know that whenever you call the cat's name, you'll give him a treat. But it's very important to have the cats trained to come to you at a certain, when you call them. Thecatcoach.com is the website. Check it out. Marilyn Krieger, of course, links to everything you've heard on today's show at AnimalRadio.com. Marilyn, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. And now with everything new and innovative or just downright strange from the world of veterinary medicine, here's Dr. Linda Wolf. Doctor, doctor, give me the news. I got a bad case loving you. I have the most wonderful dog in the world. Granted, I am slightly prejudiced. Okay, more than slightly. But she is one of those wonderfully special Heinz 57 dogs. She is a something else dog. You know, the kind where people ask you what kind of dog you have and you say, well, Border Collie and something else. But you have no idea what the other something is? Well, all you Heinz 57 owners will soon be able to give a more complete answer. To help mixed-breed dog owners take a more knowledge-based approach to their pet's care and wellness plans, Mars Veterinary, a new division of Mars Incorporated, plans to launch the Wisdom Panel MX Comprehensive DNA-Based Mixed-Breed Test for Dogs. This new test, which is a major milestone in canine genetic science, is set to debut this summer. The database will identify a possible 154 American Kennel Club-recognized breeds that may be present in mixed-breed dogs through analysis of more than 300 distinct genetic markers. 
All the test requires is a small blood sample that can be obtained during a routine veterinary office visit. Within two to three weeks following the test, the program will provide owners and veterinarians with a unique report that includes the dog's breed analysis as well as information on the appearance and behavioral characteristics of the detected breeds. The company feels the test will enable veterinarians to work with owners to create a care and wellness plan for their dog covering aspects such as dietary, exercise, and training needs. You can get information from it to help you watch for certain disease and health and behavior conditions that the breeds in your dog may be genetically predisposed to. I guess those are good reasons to do the test. But for me, it's worth the money to run the test so the next time I'm asked, what breed is your dog? I can state with no doubts, my Megan is part Border Collie and part... Doctor, doctor, give me the news, I got a bad case of loving you. No pills gonna cure my ill, I got a bad case of love. Produced by Animal Ark No-Kill Animal Shelter, we are streaming, blogging, and podcasting at AnimalWiseRadio.com, and we're proud to be part of Animal Radio Network. Thank you, Michael. Uh, that's all we have time for this hour. If you're leaving us, remember there's lots more. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, live at AnimalRadio.com. We're streaming online all the time. Plus, uh, on your cell phones, all you got to do is text ANIMAL to 27627. Any provider, any cell phone, and listen to Animal Radio anytime, anywhere. And remember, if you get a pet this weekend, please spay or neuter. And if it happens to be a cat, don't ever declaw. And if you're looking for a certain breed, don't buy from a breeder or a pet store. Go to a breed rescue or your shelter. We'll see you next week for more Animal Radio right here on this fine station. Have a great week. Bye-bye. This is Animal Radio Network. Network.